In the name of Jesus, dear Christian friends, my name is Jim, and I'm a friend of Trinity and a former staff member here, and also a, a dear friend of Erica and Caleb and of Sally and John and uh, of so many of you here. So it's my honor to be here today. But I have to tell you, I have a problem. I'm an all-in kind of person, but in the wrong ways. I tend to engage the world with clenched fists. I cling to control. I squeeze and hold tightly to every aspect of my life, trying to make sure that I do my best. I work really, really hard at my job. And I've done okay for myself. I have a decent salary, I, some recognition, and plenty of success. I've got a family. I've got all the clothes that I need. I've got plenty of food to eat. I've got a nice roof over my head. And really, I've got all the material possessions I could ever need or want. But I've noticed something in myself, something dark, something scary. I engage the world with clenched fists. I cling to control. I squeeze and hold tightly to every aspect of my life, to all of these things. I even take pride in them. And the tighter I squeeze, the more I'm bothered by the things that slip through my fingers. The promotion that I didn't get. The time with my kids that I missed out on. The exhaustion that comes from running the relentless pace that I run. And the more that I and bothered by these things, the tighter I squeeze again, trying to control every aspect of my life, trying to find fulfillment in the things that I have in my grasp. And the tighter I squeeze, the more lifeless these things become. Friends, I have a problem. I'm clenching as tightly as I can to the things of this world. And the tighter I squeeze, the more they slip through my fingers. And the tighter I squeeze, the more lifeless the things of this world become. People all around me, they have the same clenched fists. Social media seems to be one big squeeze, right? as likes and loves often posture me against my friends, we're clamoring together for attention and influence. I've tried to start posting about friendly things, funny things, like eating ice cream. But even then, there'll always be at least one comment that says, how can you eat all that ice cream and stay as thin as you are? Clenched fists. And my response is no better, right? I say, well, I run 30 miles a week, and that's how I can eat all this ice cream. Clenched fists, clinging to control and indulgence. The headlines in the news, they are full of clenched fists. 
clenching tighter and tighter around all sorts of different issues, political struggles, vicious crimes, domestic disputes, school controversies, vaxxers, anti-vaxxers, maskers, anti-maskers, clenched fists. And the more tightly we squeeze, the more that slips through our fingers. And the more tightly we squeeze, the more lifeless these things become. Commercials and advertisements, they do the same thing. They bombard us with the things that we need to be more complete, to be more full. So we desire and we buy and we desire and we buy more and more things. And the more tightly we squeeze, the more that slips through our fingers. And the more tightly we squeeze, the more lifeless our stuff becomes. But it isn't just the makeshift material world that media and marketing portray for us. This is real life. We have loved ones that are slipping away from cancer, from dementia, from addictions, from COVID. We have children slipping away into gaming, into drugs, to sex, to recreational pleasures. We have spouses who we chose to spend the rest of our life with, and we can't seem to carve out a minute for them. And the more tightly we squeeze, the more that slips through our fingers. And the more tightly that we squeeze, the more lifeless these things become. The rich young man from our reading from Matthew today, he had clenched fists. He came seeking fulfillment. He came seeking meaning and purpose. Something was incomplete for this man. Matthew doesn't make it explicit for us, but it isn't hard to imagine this man walking around with clenched fists. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? This young man clings tightly to his good works. Jesus, I've kept all the commandments. Did you hear that? He said that. Jesus, I've kept all the commandments. So he asks Jesus again, what must I do? to inherit eternal life. And Jesus gives him the fullest answer. Follow me. Sell all your possessions and follow me. Jesus sees this man's clenched fists and he aims right at the center, right at that tightest point, the most impenetrable middle of that fist. Jesus extends to this man the greatest treasure, the forgiveness, love, and mercy that comes from being a disciple. He extends it freely to this rich young man with clenched fists. Jesus offers him the very completeness he is seeking. But this rich young man is clenching too tightly. And he walks away, sad, continuing to cling to the things of this world, continuing his death grip, on his own need for control and power and wealth. And in his tight squeeze, salvation slips through his fingers. 
And in his tight squeeze, he rejects the author of life and clings to that which only brings death. The disciples are blown away by this. Who then can be saved? This man was the ideal, right? He is pious. He's obedient to the law. He's rich, wealthy. He's seeking the truth. If that guy is out, who could possibly be in? If it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to inherit the kingdom of God, we're all hopeless. But not for God. Not for Jesus. For people, this kind of salvation is impossible. It cannot be achieved with clenched fists. Clenched fists bring death. Open hands bring life. Open hands. Jesus did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, something to cling to, but instead he made himself nothing. Jesus went all in for you. Jesus took on human flesh. Jesus became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Open hands, precious little hands of a baby born in Bethlehem, life-giving hands that touched the sick, hope-filled hands that fed the hungry, that drove out demons, that brought forth blessing. Life-giving hands that were extended on the cross and pierced for the sins of the world. Open hands, resurrected, that Thomas touched and believed. My Lord and my God. While the world walks around with clenched fists, our Jesus opens his hands. Those open hands are extended to you. Jesus has opened his hands in love for you. His death was your death into sin. His resurrection is your promise of eternal life. His life-giving hands took you and washed you in the waters of baptism, where God claimed you as his own, where you were born anew of the Holy Spirit. Open hands received you. Christ's open hands extends to you his promise, forgiveness of sins, of life, and of salvation. You are forgiven. You are offered life. You are promised salvation. You, too, have walked around with clenched fists, clinging to the world, looking for life where there is no life at all. But Christ is all in for you. Christ opens his hands, his arm, his kingdom for you. And you are sustained in that forgiveness, 
you are renewed and restored every time you clench your fists back up. Christ's forgiveness, Christ's love and mercy and life for you, it massages and loosens your grip as you open your hands to receive the gifts that God has for you. And we, as Christ's church, we are his hands and his feet for the world. We, as Christ's redeemed people, we take up the work of Christ. We do this together. We extend our hands and our feet in service to all people. We extend our open hands to the sick. We extend our open hands to the poor. We extend hands of mercy to the suffering, to the oppressed. We extend open hands of forgiveness, even to those who sin against us. We extend open hands of mercy, even to those who mistreat us. We no longer walk around in the tightly wound prison of our own clenched fists, clamoring for control and working for our own salvation. We're not like the rich young man. In Christ, we have open hands. Christ's hands open to us and our hands open with Christ to the world. And that, Christian friends, inspires our generosity. Do you see that? God has graciously given all things. Christ has won for us forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation. What more could we want? And yet God gives us all of it, right? God gives us clothing and shoes, food and drink, house and home, our family, our friends, everything that we have. He provides all of this out of tender love for us. And he calls us and he inspires us to treat those things, to use those things with open hands, not with clenched fists. Clenched fists squeeze things until they slip through your fingers. Clenched fists squeeze the life out of these gifts. Open hands heal. Open hands bring life. Every possession that you have was given to you by a gracious God with open hands. Every possession that you have was given to you so that you might extend it in blessing to the world with open hands. Real talk for a second. As we wrap up this message and we kind of finish up this sermon series on being all in. Have you ever given a child a cookie before? This happens in our house quite a bit, right? And every time that I give a cookie, I often, at least, barely get my fingers back all attached before that cookie is snatched out of my hand and clung to by the recipient, right? And I tell my kids, I can make you more cookies if I still have my fingers. You're part of my family. You're my child. I love you. You can have unlimited cookies within reason, but 
Christian friends, God never ceases to provide for us. God never ceases to provide for us. You are his family. You have unlimited cookies, unlimited blessings. We don't have to snatch. We don't have to cling tightly to these things. We are God's family. He blesses us. God promises to provide all that we need. And God commits to providing for the world through the church. The church, as the body of Christ in the world, is God's hands and feet. We are the mechanism by which God blesses the world. We are God's open hands. So that's why we take an offering each week. That's why we have a church budget. That's why we have a church building. That's why we have seminaries like where I teach that form future pastors and future church workers. That's why we have a church headquarters and all sorts of church organizations. So the offering is important. Generosity is important. It's important for two reasons. The first is that it's a discipline. It disciplines us so that we don't reclench our hands around our material bl blessings. The offering is not just a time where we throw a few bucks in the plate and call it good. It's a discipline, a spiritual discipline, the idea of sacrifice. The offering is the place where we remember that all that we have comes from God and that all that we have been given is to be used in service of God and of our neighbor. It's about sacrificial giving, giving as a discipline. We don't have to sell all of our possessions. That's not the point, right? But the idea is that we are called to unclench our fists, to let go, to be open. So the tithe, 10% of our income, maybe you've heard of the tithe before, it's an Old Testament practice that calls us to this discipline, one that calls us to rely on God, to see him as the source of all of our blessings, and to open our fists in service to the world. It's a discipline. If you're not familiar with the idea of tithing, I encourage you to talk to me or to Erica or to Caleb or to Pastor Tony at some point to learn more about it, to learn more about the blessings that come from the discipline of tithing. Maybe you are already a percentage giver. Maybe this is God's nudge to you to engage that discipline more deeply, to see the joy and the benefit that comes from that, from unclenching your fists and opening your hands. So that's one reason, the idea of discipline. But the other is joy. The other reason that we take an offering is for the joy of getting to serve. There are incredible blessings that come from the offering. The gift that you give is the very gift that God uses to bless the world. I mean, it's mind-blowing, right? The gifts that you give are the very gifts that God is using 
to bless the world, to make himself known to the world. You bring healing. You bring hope to the hopeless. You advocate for the poor and the oppressed. Our joy-filled, generous, open hands are the very ones that God uses to bless the world. Here at Trinity, our offering is our opportunity to join in Trinity's mission of helping people to look, live, and love like Jesus. It's what we're doing. That's the whole point. And it is joyful. It's fun. I've known a lot of generous people who get so excited when the offering plate is passed. Do you know anybody like that? They just get so excited that they get to be part of God's work in the world. It's fun. It's a blessing. It's joyful. It's hilarious. That's what the Apostle Paul says in his letter to the Corinthians. Hilarious giving. Because it unclenches our fists. And it opens our hands. Generosity is a gift to us. A joy for us. A reminder that our God is all in for us. All in for our life. All in for our salvation. And that God uses us to be all in for the world. All in for the salvation of all humanity. When we give generously, when we give proportionally, it's because we've been given everything. And we want to use everything to this world, to bless this world in its need. So think about clenched fists and open hands. Rejoice in God's incredible, gracious, open-handed love for you. Follow Jesus. Jesus says, follow me. Follow Jesus with joy and delight, using all that you've been given in service to God and to this world that is so desperately in need. In Jesus' name and for his sake, amen.